The Ringer Gambling Feed is your one-stop shop for all things betting throughout the NFL season from week one all the way through Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. We have you covered every which way. We got our favorite futures. We got props. We'll discuss the lines. And of course, we'll throw in a few parlays. That's a given. So whether you're a sharp or a square better, we'll be breaking it down in terms hopefully everybody can understand and we'll try to win some money along the way. So be sure to subscribe to the Ringer Gambling Feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer's Philly special presented by FanDuel. April showers bring a loaded sports calendar and FanDuel is the place to bet on it all. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Welcome to the Ringers Philly Special Bonus Edition. Solak and I sneaking this in before we sit down for seven hours or so to watch Championship Weekend because the Eagles have a new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. I think it was Adam Schefter, first one to report. News broke. Howard sat- Eskin. You Howard missed Eskin you're right, last you're night? You're right. You're right. Eskin. Howard- now, now, he didn't say final. He said like trending towards or something, but you're right. He was the first uh, one. And then, you know, the national people get a look at that and they say, can I confirm this? And they say, yes, we can. And so around 1130, 11, Saturday night, uh, that report came out that Kellen Moore is going to be the Eagles' new offensive coordinator. So we go in a couple weeks from Matty Pencils and Brian Johnson to Vic Fangio and Kellen Moore. We, we got a lot to dive into, Solak, but just initial reaction. You hear that as an Eagles fan, that Kellen Moore is the new a- OC. Uh, 10 being like Bill Walsh is the new OC, one being <laughs> Matt Patricia is the new OC. Where were you with the Kellen Moore thing? I think it's seven, right? Like it's 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 definitely good. Am I like Kellen Moore is gonna revolutionize football? No. I think that would that was a take from like the 20 like 2020-ish Kellen Moore time, right? When he first got control of that Cowboys offense. He was an extremely young OC. You know, they'd been their backup quarterback there. They'd 
kept him in the incubator, always going to take over the offense, he's going to run, it's going to be amazing. And it was solid. Like, it was it was good. And, like, Moore does objectively good stuff in terms of, oh, like, four-by-one formations and a motion to open receivers. Like, he, like, does the things you'd like for a modern OC to do. Over his time there in Dallas, it was a little bit less like, okay, this is the next McVay. We kind of moved away from that to, like, okay, this is a fine offensive coordinator. Then, obviously, we have a big moment in the 2022 to 2023 offseason where Moore feels like he's been scapegoated out of Dallas. Like, okay, like, you know, McCarthy's firing him and taking over control of the offense. Like, that's probably not good. That probably won't help. And then he lands with the Chargers, where Joe Lombardi was the XOC. And there was like, all right, this would be a huge boost for the Chargers. It'd be a huge boon. Lo and behold, Cowboys got better. Chargers didn't get that much better, right? Chargers definitely got some better, but overall didn't get that much better. Yeah. Uh, and so that moment was a, uh, like, okay, well, wait, like, we might need to reassess our feelings on Kellen Moore. And so... Even if I think you you discount him for that moment, right, that that change in the Cowboys to the Chargers and how those two teams responded to that. I still think objectively, like you look at what works in the NFL and then you look at what Callum Moore does on offense. There's a lot of overlap like that. Like he, he's doing the good stuff. He's pitching the good stuff. This is a very like tried and true professional, modern NFL offensive coordinator. Uh, accordingly, like things are probably going to look a little bit different offensively uh, in, in Philadelphia versus what they used to. And there's going to be different asks from different players. And so the the melding here, right, the Nick Sirianni, we're going to mesh some of our stuff in, is going to be really, really interesting. Because if Moore is capable of bringing some of that elevated, true or tried and true NFL stuff, big boy stuff to this offense, while also allowing for a lot of the college stuff that the Eagles have done with Jalen Hurts for the last few years, there's a chance this looks really cool. Yeah. But if they just run Kellen's stuff, I think there's going to be problems. And if they just run Jalen's stuff, I think there's going to be problems. It's got to be a melding. And that's going to be a, a process to watch. Yeah, there's uh, that's that's well said, I think, you know, on a few different levels there. One is, yeah, there's a scenario where Kellen Moore coached that Chargers offense last year, and it was a revelation, and they were a top five offense, and they're competing with the Chiefs for the AFC West, and he's getting hired for a head coaching job this offseason. That did not happen. Uh, it also was not a disaster. It was just kind of like, eh, okay. It, you know, it's uh, kind of up and down. Justin Herbert gets injured uh, for four games. So, that, you know, you get 13 weeks of Justin Herbert there. And so you add that to his previous body of work. And so for people that don't know, obviously, Kellen Moore uh, played quarterback at Boise State. Spent a, a longer in the league, Ben, than I remembered. I mean, he was in the league for six seasons, bouncing around Detroit, yeah. Dallas practice squads. Uh, all the way through 2017, where and he started two games in his career, threw 104 passes in six NFL seasons. Uh, and then in 2018, Cowboys say, okay, your playing career's over. Why don't you join our coaching staff under Jason Garrett? And he's like, cool. I always wanted to be uh, a coach anyway. So he becomes their quarterback's coach in 2018 under Garrett. Uh, Mike McCarthy takes over. Kellen Moore gets upgraded first under Garrett, then under McCarthy to offensive coordinator. So he spent four seasons as the Cowboys offensive coordinator and play caller. So he was running the show uh, in Dallas. Now he had head coaches who were, you know, offensive coaches. Where's that? Where's that? Is that a coffee? What are you drinking there? Is that coffee tea? Because yeah. it is mid-afternoon. What's your, okay, you this coffee? Is, this is Scooters. You ever been to Scooters? No. Is that a chain or is that a local spot? It's a, it's, I think it's, it's like a, a expanding chain. Okay. It's one of these spots where you never go in. It's exclusively drive through, okay. right? The West Coasters for the Dutch Bros. I, I maybe you can go into a Dutch Bros. I've only ever done the drive through. Um, so it's nice and it's fast. The main thing is that the employees ha have to say on pain of death after you finish your order at the drive through, Mike, they, they go, all right, you can scoot on up to the window. And I live <laughs> for that. I live, I'll go to scooters just to hear them say, all right, you're getting a latte. Scoot oh on up to the window. God. I will scoot on up to the window. Don't, don't mind if I do. 
and yeah, it's there's um it's Sunday, so I I at church this morning. No coffee before church. You got to fast before church, and so it's an afternoon coffee sort of a day. And now, will there be another coffee in your future? Because you got a big big writing to do uh, after the games, I presume. Uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm, we're having folk people over and we're making, making okay. big food and having a big time. And so if I'm eating this like, this might carry you yeah. through. I mean, it's two forty, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that caffeine will stay in your system for a while. It, it depends on how inert you are, how inoculated you are. And unfortunately mm. I am quite. Did you just say inert? Yeah. Spell it. Is that the, is that I N U R E D? Oh, inert, okay. accustomed to something, right. especially okay. something unpleasant. So I guess okay. I kind of used it in a little bit All of a right. square situation. But it was a similar inured. word. I can't remember it was that my daughter got uh, knocked out. Uh, she said of the spelling bee, and, and I said that's an unfair word. I go, give me the other words people got knocked out on, and oh. she, get, she gave them to me. And I go, that you got, you know, we don't make, we don't want to make excuse. I don't want to create a culture yes. of excuse making, but that's garbanzo beans. That's yeah, much harder sure. than those other Sixth, words. Sixth grade regionals. I got knocked out on Mikado. And the next two words, I was third place, Mikado. The next two words were Diablo and Diphthong. What are we talking about? Uh, How are we right. scaling this, Diablo right. and Diphthong, okay. after Mikado? There you go. So, uh, Naya Solak feels your pain there. All right. What were we talking about? Kellen Moore. That's right. <laughs> Kellen Moore. <laughs> so, as you said, after 22, uh, Cowboys lose in the playoffs. And Mike McCarthy says, I want to take over the offense. And Kellen Moore says, okay, I'll go to LA to be Brandon Staley's offensive coordinator. So overall, we're talking about five years as an offensive coordinator in the NFL, one under Garrett, three under McCarthy, one under Staley. So I was looking at some of the results, uh, Ben, here, just in terms of statistically, how have his offenses fared? And the numbers in terms of DVOA are second, 24th, fourth, 14th, and 16th. So two top five offenses in five seasons, that's pretty good. And the bad offenses can be explained away pretty easily. I mean, 2020, he only gets five starts with Dak Prescott. Uh, 2022, Dak Prescott misses five games. And you and I talked about this on Extra Point Taken when we were talking about the Cowboys before the season. And I remember looking this up. If we look at the four-year sample of Kellen Moore with the Cowboys, 2019 to 22, when Dak Prescott was on the field, so we're looking at just the Dak Prescott starts, they performed like the second best offense in the NFL in terms of EPA per play. Mm -hmm. So there was strong evidence that as long as this guy has a quarterback who's healthy, he can coordinate a high-functioning, high-level offense in the NFL. So you've seen that, and so you like that. And I think your point was a good one about the meshing. This is the key point here. They didn't... It is different. It's not so different that you're saying kind of what you said, and I wonder if you might disagree with this, but I remember after the season, you were like, "I I wonder if they just tear everything down and build up a whole new thing. Like they didn't hire someone from like the McVeigh Shanahan tree where they're like, we're doing it totally different. This speaks, this says to me, all right, we have someone who has experience doing some different things who can add layers, add flavor, uh, add variation to this offense. We're not trashing everything that we've done that's good, but if we can mold the two things together, we can, like you said, modernize our offense and be really good next season. Is that how you see it? Like on the scale of, you know, what it could have looked like if they brought in someone who were like, holy yeah. cow, this is going to be totally different too. It's exactly the same. Yeah. I think it's really somewhere right in the middle there. Yeah, I, there are offensive systems in the league for which your quarterback goes under center and runs under center play action uh, is a tent pole, is a keystone. Right. If you were to remove it from the offense, the offense would not work, period. That is not this. The Eagles could have hired one of those guys, Gerard Johnson, they interviewed that guy, and, and, and elected not to go that direction. 
they also could have said like, all right, we will, let's find an offense for Jalen where it's going to continue to work the same way it has worked. We're like, we are always in the gun. We are always in spread. We are always quick passing game. You're always RPO game. Cliff Kingsbury, they interviewed that guy. They didn't go that direction. That Would that have Moore. been the best for content, Cliff Kingsbury? Because of how mad we would have gotten? Define, I'm going to say define Yeah, it would have been if bad for you, Eagles fan. For yeah. team content, that might have been the best move. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, what I think they found in Moore, let's say they run the Moore offense one-to-one. And, and let's just call the Moore offense generally what we saw with Dak Prescott and Justin Herbert. Uh, and, and, you know, kind of trying to assume what's his, what's not Mike McCarthy, so on and so forth. If they run the Moore offense, they're going to run an offense that has under center snaps and that uses under center play action, but it is not a tent pole. It is not a, if we were to remove this, the offense would fall apart. No, like, like the, the more offense is a pretty gun heavy offense from 2020 to 2022. Uh, the cowboy, the Cowboys shotgun rate was below average in the league, but they were still a pass happy team, right? So they, they were a low explosive passing. They were a shotgun or they, they were under center and then shotgun and they would go quick game. Right. And so you don't need to be under center play action, deep shot to work in this offense. Like they totally took the Shanahan stuff. Uh, similarly, like with the running game, I think is a really interesting aspect of this. If the uh, if you took it, brought a Shanahan guy and you know what you're doing running game wise, you're, you're using pre snap motion, you're getting multiple tight ends or a tight end and a fullback on the field, you're going under center and you're handing the ball off on stretch and then you're incorporating some power and some counter. If you were to go with Cliff, well, it's going to be four wide. It's going to be the gun. And so you're going to continue to do the RPO stuff and all of the, the five man concepts that they've been running already, you know, under Jalen, like this pinpole stuff, QB counter, GT counter, like all that nonsense. Well, Kellen is always, I think, I would not describe Kellen as the most uh, unique and inventive running game designer. I would not like describe Kellen as a guy who puts all of his chips and his mental energy on coming up with cool running game stuff. Kellen's kind of like, a, I'll run to keep this offense chugging. I'll run to keep you honest, but I would like to move the football by passing uh, coordinator, right? Again, it says like a modern OC. With Jalen alone, the, they have the opportunity to do something more creative in the running game to Kellen Moore's offense than Kellen's really been able to do, right? Think about with with Zeke, like, like you know, kind of falling off Zeke and Pollard at the beginning of the Cowboys era into Austin Eckler, like Justin Herbert and Dak Prescott. Like, you, they, they would run, like, the occasional third and one option that was like, whoa, like, that's right, Dak Prescott can run. But otherwise, they weren't doing a ton of, like, crazy stuff running game-wise. So there's a lot of room in the Kellen Moore offense to install some cool run game stuff, which is, that's the good that the Eagles are bringing from the previous regime, right? It's Jalen, it's Jeff Stoutland, it's this offensive line. You can insert that in pretty quickly and then meld it to the existing passing concepts, get some good play action going, work the middle of the field, actually have legitimate NFL concepts. Like there's a nice opportunity there. Got to see if they can get that ball across the line. That requires really good coaching. And then critically, it requires Jalen to to step up, right? Like Jalen, in terms of the ask on him as like a free snap processor, identifier of coverage, identifier of blitzers, like he has not had, had as much on his plate relative to other NFL quarterbacks. That's not a criticism of Jalen, like he can't do it. That's to say, when you run this college-style offense, it inherently does not ask of the quarterback as much because that's what they're doing in college. They're not asking from the quarterback that much. Now you're on a pro-style offense. So now Jalen's got to be able to rise to that occasion and take that extra weight on his shoulders. Yeah, there are a few partnerships, and you, and you touched on them there, that are critical. Obviously, one is Nick Sirianni. You know, this is, this is handing the keys over to a legit offensive coordinator with experience who's called plays who's designed offenses like this is not just someone who's coming in to kind of learn on the job this is someone who i believe ownership is saying this is someone who can help us win a super bowl in 2024 so that sirianni more relationship that's an important mm-hmm. one 
the more Jalen Hurts relationship. That's obviously an important one. I mean, I don't know what Nick Sirianni's relationship is like with Jalen Hurts here. Brian Johnson is gone. How are Kellen Moore and Jalen Hurts going to get along? I will say Dak Prescott seemed to love uh, Kellen Moore. Now, Prescott uh, had great things to say about Mike McCarthy after the season. So maybe he just gets along with, you know, whoever's uh, coaching him. I don't know. But uh, I, you know, I was just listening to uh, Kellen Moore, like Peter Schrager had him on. Uh, his podcast, I was listening to that this morning and he was just like, Dak Prescott's, you know, the best leader I've ever been around. So they had a tight relationship. So that's good. Moore's like personality, I think, is good for the setup you have. I believe like Vic Fangio is yeah. going to be one way. And I, I feel like more, it seems like is a very on the other end of the spectrum there in terms of um, personality wise, uh, maybe intensity confrontational, like all, all those things. He seems like he might eat, eat, and this is based on just, you know, I'm not going to say I know the guy or anything like that. So I could be wrong. It feels like this will be someone who the chemistry, the friendliness, the camaraderie, the meshing, the fitting in all those things shouldn't be uh, that difficult. So that's two. And then the third one's the one you mentioned, Stoutland. I mean, Stoutland is still the run game coordinator. We had issues with this run game. The run game was up and down. It was still fifth in DVOA, like not, I, I wouldn't say completely broken. Now, next year, who knows? Like, what do they think about Jalen Hurts being a big part of the run game? We don't know the exact answer to that. He was sort of injured for a lot of this season, and they didn't lean on it maybe right. as much as we thought. We don't know if Jason Kelsey is going to be in there. I mean, I cannot emphasize this enough. That changes everything. If that man is on the field or not, what you're comfortable running, what your staple runs are going to be, how much you're going to go to him, that kind of thing. And so that's another thing to keep an eye on as well. So uh, yeah, those are some relationships to certainly keep an eye on. I was looking up the under center play action stuff because the Eagles were, I believe, last in that uh, this year. And it's pretty interesting because Kellen Moore has coordinated offenses where they've done that to uh, different levels here. Like if you look at 2021, uh, Prescott was eighth in snaps of under center play action in the NFL. It was like something they really majored in that year, like a yeah. big part of their offense. But if you look at 2023 under with Justin Herbert, 13 games, uh, he was below average. Like you said, he had 35 snaps of under center uh, play action, which ranked 21st in the NFL. And then if you look at 2022 in between there with Dak Prescott, he was kind of middle of the pack as well. So you're right. This isn't, again, this isn't, you're coming in, you're totally changing. Jalen Hurts is going to be doing this every time. It's what we were calling for last year. Can you mix some of this in? Can you use a tool that generally helps quarterbacks, that helps offenses open up the middle of the field, that helps you create some explosive plays? Can you try this a little bit? Rather than having like one pass attempt the entire season with under center play action. So that is encouraging. Like he has done it before. He knows how to do it. He's open to doing it more if the situation requires for doing it more, uh, but doesn't necessarily uh, have to make it a staple of the offense. All right, let's take a break. Some other aspects of the offenses I want to get to. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. 
I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. All right, we're back on the Ringers Philly special. So you mentioned it at the top that the Cowboys' offense got better in the season without Kellen Moore. I was digging in a little deeper with that. Like, it is true. I do think there's at least some noise there, you know, with interceptions. Yeah. Like, like 2022, the Cowboys' right. offense was really good. I mean, Dak, they had yeah. bad turnover and luck. Go ahead. No, and right, I, I, I said that because I, I wanted to acknowledge it, but there's it warrants coming back to. The, the Cowboys' offense got better because Dak threw fewer picks and they remained extremely simple. Right. Like they were just like, where is CD lamb? Let's throw it at him. Are they covering him on the outside? Let's put him in the slot. All right. And now we throw and we put him in motion and now they don't know where he is. And dang it. They found CD. Where's Jake Ferguson? Right. Like if you look at what a lot of what was supposed to work for the offense, the way they talked about it in the offseason. Oh, we're going to be Texas coast. We're going to be more <laughs> spread and shred. We're going to be more simple. Oh, Tony Pollard over Zico Elliott. Oh, Brandon Cooks is coming in here. A lot of what they planned to do didn't work. A lot of the, the changes that they enunciated, that they enumerated, didn't come to pass. Dak and CD just kind of shredded and it made everything look nice, right? Which is why, like, I, when, I, when I look, I think a lot of people, like when I said, oh, Kelmore's a good hire. Like I, I, when, it was, when he was hired, I tweeted out, like, oh, good hire. A lot of people were like, dude, the Cowboys got better last year without Kellen. And it's true, but I, I, when I look at like what Kellen Moore does X's and O's wise and, and who he was able to maximize and how he maximized them, I am more impressed with that over the course of a large sample than I am with like what Mike McCarthy did with the Cowboys last year. And maybe, maybe, maybe it's wrong, right? Like right now I've got a few years of Kellen Moore data and one year of Mike McCarthy data. Maybe I'll get several more years of Mike McCarthy data. Maybe he'll continue to show, hey, like we just keep it simple. We play fast and that's what works for these guys. But in general, I'm, I'm more impressed with what Moore does overall, even acknowledging the results of last year. Yeah, again, when Prescott was healthy, if you look at the down years for the Cowboys, it was because Prescott got hurt for the most part. I mean, when Prescott was healthy, they were really an elite offense with Kellen Moore calling it. If you look at Dak Prescott's success rate, again, that does not take into account, like it, it, it penalizes you for an interception the same way it would an incomplete pass. Uh, it doesn't put as much weight on explosive plays. The numbers would suggest that Dak Prescott is, was pretty much the same guy with or without Kellen Moore. And honestly, a lot of the really good quarterbacks, I think, you know, uh, there's a bar that the OC has to clear, but most of the time they're going to be able to elevate that. And even with Justin Herbert uh, last year, like I could point to some numbers that say, oh my gosh, this was Justin Herbert's worst, you know, season of his career. If you, again, if you look at success rate and EPA per pass play, it's almost right on his career averages. And the reason the Chargers offense statistically, if you look at it, was bad last year, it's to your point. The rush, the running game was a disaster. They were 32nd in rushing DVOA yeah. uh, last year. So, you know, theoretically here, the run game is going to be something you can hang your hat on. You don't have to spend as much time on and you can focus more uh, on the passing game if you're Kellen Moore. So those are a couple 
things. The other stuff I was looking at, uh, so like I was trying to like get a gauge on, all right, what is a Kellen Moore offense? And one thing I liked was that some of this stuff like varied year to year. And that's, you know, what you want to say. We already mentioned the shotgun under center stuff that varied. How about motion? Last year, according to Sports Info Solutions, uh, Chargers were sixth in motion rate. Um, but the year before with the Cowboys, they were 16th. Eagles, of course, were 32nd uh, last year. So yeah. again, this is a tool that the guy coming in to run your offense has at his disposal. If it calls for, hey, let, let's, let's, this is going to be a staple of what we do. This can really help us. He can do that. If it's more middle of the pack, he can do that. But it's not like, no, we're not, we're not even touching that. We're not doing that at all. We're not doing any of that. So uh, that was nice to see. RPO stuff, if you look at the percentages, again, from Sports Info Solutions, uh, they're up there. He, he's, he's you know run a, a good degree of RPOs in his career. Designed rollouts, I was looking at Solak. Something I even, like, we never bring this up. I mean, they just, I mean, like, I can't even picture in my head uh, once when they got the, I, firstly, the quarterback firstly, out of the how pocket. dare you say we never bring this up? I mention the rollouts all the time. Not okay. all the time, probably. I don't know. Oh, definitely. Listen. Yeah. Yes. Okay. No, because uh, they loved, <laughs> the, the, they, they had in 21 a couple of sprint outs that they ran that sucked. And then they were like, no, no, we can't do this. And I was like, no, you still can. There's more ways to do it. Yeah, they were, Eagles were 32nd in designed rollouts last year. Uh, Chargers were 25th. But again, year before, Cowboys, they were 9th. It was a big part of what they did. So I like this. He's got, he has experience doing some of this, but isn't sold on. We have to do it this way. At least that's what the numbers would suggest. So uh, I like all those things. I think those are all good, uh, good attributes of your new offensive coordinator. Uh, what else stands out? Like, so what uh, do you expect here? Well, like, what do you think this is going yeah. to look like with, again, what the Eagles have done and what more is going to do when we talk about changes, stuff that's going to stay the same, just, just guesses as we sit here in January. Yeah. So uh, one more thing that uh, uh, I do want to bring up in terms of you're talking about this more offense of what it has looked like and what it hasn't. One thing that remained consistent from the Dallas years into the Chargers year that really I think is interesting for the Eagles is that he was a pretty high 12 personnel guy. Uh, with, with the with the Cowboys over the last three seasons, he was top 10 in overall 12 personnel rate with the Chargers this past season. He was ninth in 12 personnel rate. He mains 11 personnel. He absolutely does. But when he switches it up, he puts the second tight end on the field. Uh, the most interesting Eagles position to me this offseason is running back. I think that that they're going to have to be kind of serious. Or I should say on the offense, uh, uh, pending a Jason Kelsey retirement and, and then the shuffle uh, on the interior. Uh, running back, I think that they know that like, OK, we were kind of bargain binning at running back because we were in this shotgun spread and we thought like, we would always be successful there. If you're going to be in like a more traditional running game, you probably have to invest a little bit more in that position. I'll be curious to see if they go swift or if they go somebody else. But then like the Jack Stoll thing is interesting. Like the Eagles have always just been like, all right, Goddard, Brown, Smith, and then whoever like the fourth, you know, if it's Jack Stoll, if it's Quez Watkins, whatever. I would imagine if you kind of sat Kellen Moore down, you were like, what do you need to like run your ideal offense? The Eagles don't have right now. He'd probably look at tight end two and be like, I need that guy to be a little bit more like of a guy because Stoll obviously is not much of a receiver. But then even among like the tight end twos who are not much of a receiver, like he's not like Josh Oliver. He's not like Patrick, like Patrick Ricard's not even really a tight end. Like there are some really like em emphatic, impactful blockers. And that's not exactly like who, who, who they have in, in Stoll. And so I think that uh, the one thing I am curious to see is like, all right, he changed the offense a lot, but he tends to really want to have a two tight end set that he trusts and relies on. And I don't know if he has that right now in Philadelphia. That's one that's interesting to me. 
Um, I think overall, though, the, the, the well, let's stick on that here. for a second, because one thing I want to you, you did have your little you did have a brief love affair with Jack Stoll. I forget what what uh, game it was. You it was, caught me off guard yeah. with how much you love Jack Stoll uh, in the one game. I would agree with you. And uh, the other thing is with yeah. Stoll, here's the thing. Like, uh, so I think there's going to be a big conversation this offseason about like how much of Jalen Hurts not throwing in the middle of the field was Hurts. And how much of it was the scheme? Yes. And I think it is both. I, I think it's both those things. I think it's fair. I could point out examples. I will say this: when Dallas got it was out, or even when De- it was twelve personnel, if Jack Stoll was the guy running that over the ball route, or he was in the middle of the field, Jalen Hurts. W- I can show you many exit. Jalen Hurts would not throw their backup tight ends the football. They were wide open. They were the read on film. Sean and I talked about this in various weeks and I don't know what it is if he didn't trust them, if during practice they sucked and he's like, I'm not going to them on these plays. What it was, he would not throw them the football. So I, I and the other thing is when Zach Ertz was at this age is when really they drafted Dallas Goddard. It might have even been like a year earlier. So that is something to keep an eye on. So I would tend to agree with you. Like, can you just get someone that the, you know, the quarterback can be like, all right, if he's open, I guess I'll throw him the football if that's where the read's supposed to take me. So I, I agree with you there. All right, go ahead. What were you saying? Yeah. No, I, the exact thing I was about to bring up was the Jalen Hurts over the middle report. It's exactly it. Because I think that the, the salient arc that we've seen here over the last 15 minutes talking about Kellen Moore is that he'll get you to the spots that you want to be at. Like he's willing to change some stuff for, up for personnel, especially in the passing game. They will press the buttons they need to press to get to where they want to get to. And so, like, I think, you know, I think you're going to see big A.J. Brown movement around, and A.J. Brown's route tree is going to really start to diversify relative to what he had last year. I think it's going to be great for him. I think Devonta is going to have a better season even than he had this past season. I wouldn't be surprised if Devonta absolutely goes nuclear next year. Because they're going to be able to use AJ Brown gravity to get him open, something that the previous staff should have had a much easier time doing, but they just ran Devonta on a hitch and that was it. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if Devonta contract year is like bananas. So okay, like all that's going to make sense. Uh, Goddard, uh, okay, like you know, getting him your screens, getting him your new touches, like they're going to be able to achieve all of that. But if the quarterback is going to come out and say like, I want the middle of the field throws, Callum's going to be able to say, okay, I can get you to those. Like that's not, I know how to get those. I, I coached Dak Prescott for three years. Dak throws over the middle of the field like two other people in the league. Like, he's unbelievable. All right, so you want these. Here they are. I have no doubt in Kellen's ability to get them. I have doubt in Jalen's ability to get to that throw, to get to that throw ball. Throw yeah. Yeah. And so that's why I said, like, there's a lot of an impetus on Jalen to take a step forward. And I cannot stress this enough because I know people get mad at me. But like, you said Jalen can't process. You say he's better than the field. I'm not saying any of that at all. The previous offense did not give him as, like, you know, it was not built to work the middle of the field the way that this Kellen Moore offense will be. So, like, Jalen's going to have new opportunities that he hasn't previously been presented with. And he can step up to the plate on those new opportunities. But it is a question mark. It is an outstanding thing. We don't know the answer to that. In classic Jalen fashion, he probably is going to be able to do it great because he improves every year for the past decade. But altogether, like, the, the big thing that Jalen made sure that his camp got out this drama cycle was, I want more middle of the field stuff, and, and I'm not getting it. Kellen's going to give it to you. I have no doubt that Kellen's capable of getting it there. Jalen's got to be able to grip it and rip it. And, and that, that would be a huge step for the Eagles passing offense. If instead of being so reliant on those hitches and those comebacks and those goes, they can actually start to work between the hashes. Yeah, I was looking at some of the numbers on this. Justin Herbert only played 13 games last year, and he had more middle of the field throws in that Kellen Moore offense than Jalen Hurts did playing 17 games. So, you know, to your point, it's available with Prescott. It's interesting. Uh, I think 20... Uh, 22, he was more middle of the pack in terms of uh, middle of the field 
throws, if I have this correctly. Let me see where uh, I wrote this down. Um, and, and yeah, so he's been either middle of the pack or, but in 2019, again, Kellen Moore was there. Prescott was sixth in attempts to the middle of the field. So okay, I, I do like this, that the numbers aren't just aligned every year. It's like, all right, what do we have? How are defenses playing us? What does the quarterback like? All those things. But you're right. I mean, more what what the numbers would suggest, what our eyes would suggest, what the film would suggest, what his background would suggest is he has experience adjusting to the personnel he has, the quarterback he has. So uh, I'm with you. Like, he's not going to be like, no, you know, we're not doing that. We're going to, no. All right, you want that? Are right, you going to throw those? All right, if this guy's wide open, you're going to throw it, right? <laughs> we're yep. going to tell you uh, where the read is um, because I'm with you. That'd be good. It's so funny looking at the playoffs. It's like every offense and defense, it's like, Middle of the field, middle of the field, middle. Like, all right, can you defend the middle of the field? Can you gash teams in the middle of the field? It's like that's what we've really yeah. seen here the last two weeks uh, in the playoffs. So that that is so important. There's two places in the in the and on the NFL field where you can reliably generate yards after the catch. It's behind the line of scrimmage, and it's ten to twenty yards down the field in the middle of the field. Right. And think about that. You can get yak on like your screens and your shallows. Like I shouldn't say behind line of scrimmage. Say at line of scrimmage. You can get yak on your screens and your shallows and everything that's within a few yards of the line of scrimmage, but you're starting from zero. You're starting from, okay, I need to get 10 yards to go pick up 10 yards. Or if you hit a player in rhythm moving over the middle of the field, 10 to 20 yards on the field, you're getting yards after the catch while also having already completed a 10 plus yard pass, right? And then and you think about some of these ridiculous yak numbers quarterbacks are presenting that the Eagles aren't really getting despite the fact that A.J. Brown on the field, who A.J. Brown, like as recently as 2021 when he was with the Titans, was the yak threat to Debo it was Debo and AJ Brown also DJ Moore that were like those three were the guys of like the yards after the catch are unbelievable they create so much after the catch yet weren't being given that we're, we're in AJ Brown in Philadelphia weren't weren't accessing that that's why I say like I would not be surprised if the AJ Brown route tree I'm thinking about like Mike Evans from 2022 with Byron Leffert 2023 with Dave Canales if the, the route trees just look completely different versus what he was given last year with Brian Johnson you're going to be a vertical player for us. You're going to be a hitch player for us. When you do run in breakers, you're going to run them from wide alignments, right? So you're not even really getting to the middle of the field versus next year. I think you're going to see him in the slot way more. I think you're going to see him work over the middle of the field way more. You're going to see climbs. You're going to see overs. You're going to see posts. You're going to see the sort of stuff that says, hey, like, let's use the big fella where the big fellas eat. Doesn't have to be up against the sideline. They could be in the middle of the field as well. Yeah, your point about in rhythm, and it's not just where they catch the football, it's how. Like, it's not a mm -hmm. sit route over the ball where you catch it and the play's over. Yes. Like, can we, can we get these guys the ball uh, so that they are on the move so that they're working into the quarterback's vision so that they can pick up those yards after the catch. So I think uh, that is a big deal as well. I think those were most of my main things. Uh, so like in terms of the scheme, I mean, listen, there's numbers out there in terms of how like Dak Prescott and Justin Herbert handled the blitz and they're really good. But I mean, somewhat, listen, that's the quarterback quarter controlled. That's quarterback. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so um, it's not just the quarterback. I will say that. I mean, we, we know that the Eagles tools were not good to combat that, but yes, this, so if you want to say, does this coordinator have experience giving the quarterback tools to combat the blitz and they've succeeded? Uh, yes. And I will say this, this was actually interesting to me. I was looking at Hertz for six plus rushers. And in 2021 and 2022, he wasn't great, but he was middle of the pack. Like success rate was around 40%. Last year, 27.8% uh, success rate against six or more rushers. That was yeah. easily last in the NFL. So that's another one to your point. Is it, can he do yeah. it? Can't he do it? Like, all right, there have been examples where he's definitely been way better than he was last year, but he was not good at it last year. And the tools they gave him to combat it were also horrible last year.
Yeah, I uh, I would be very interested to see because you can't really. I don't think you can split the data, but I'd be interested to see twenty one and twenty two. What amount of those pressures he moved left, and which ones he moved right, and then in twenty three, how many he moved left? Because the book on Hertz became get him out to his left because he hates to throw when he's running to his left. He can't flip his hips and drive that ball as easily as like other quarterbacks can. Like think about making that throw while you're rolling out to your left, Jordan Love. Like it's such a hard throw to make right-handed quarterback. You got to get your hips around and fire it. Hertz is not that loose, right? Hertz is a dense athlete, a physical athlete. He's not a loose athlete. And so, uh, and Nick Bosa, you know, made this comment after the, the win, like, oh, you know, we know mush rush him, force him out of the pocket. But if you watch closely, like when he gets forced out of the pocket, teams are blitzing off his right, trying to move him to his left because he just doesn't hurt them as much when he's over there. Yeah, I remember like, so he threw that interception in the Bucks playoff game. And then was it 20? I think it was 2022. He had like a similar play where he made a great throw. But uh, I would agree with you that you don't see it consistently. I mean, I don't think it's a knock on Hurts to say like he's not as loose or easy of a thrower, uh, you know, ha- arm arm strength wise is like the top if you, what, yeah. 10 or 12 guys in the NFL. Right. If you want to do my quarterback squat 600 pounds, which I love to do and is objectively sick, then you have to acknowledge he probably isn't as flexible as the other guys who right. don't squat 600 pounds, but don't carry as much muscle mass, right? They're not going to be a, a, as tightly wound. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right. Last things. I, all right. So give me, give me your overall take here. If I would have told you, all right, mm-hmm. so we, let's say we did that pod after Eagles Bucks playoff game. And I said, Solek, I know you're mad now, but two weeks from now, they're going to have handed the keys to Kellen Moore to the offense, not just in this, like, Hey, you know, it's Sirianni's offense, but Moore's here to help him. No senior. No, there he is the offensive coordinator calling the plays. And Vic Fangio is the defensive coordinator. I would think you would have been Pretty excited and pretty pumped about that. So is this like, uh, Dude. Is, is this close to best case scenario for how this could, not to say it's definitely going to work, but in terms of if they were keeping Sirianni and bringing on two new guys, this feels like a very good outcome for the Eagles. If you in 2020 were like, hey, Ben, Kellen Moore and Vic Fangio are going to be on the Eagles staff, I'd have been like, we are going to score. <laughs> we're going to be every team 45 to nothing. <laughs> we're going to win every football game forever. Uh, and then the shine comes off guys a little bit. But overall, like, I'm quite confident that Vic Fangio is an above average defensive coordinator in the NFL. And I'm less confident, but still confident that Kellen Moore is an above average offensive coordinator in the NFL. Right. And, and both of those guys are in the building. Uh, I also think that, like, in the how do we recover from, like, kind of the Sirianni, what does Sirianni's role look like world? It's very interesting that they went for two really established coordinators and guys who have been doing this and calling plays for a long time, because I think one of the nice things about your CEO coach is when he helps like develop young coaches and the Eagles were like, nah, we're not going to, we're going to get guys who know what they're doing here. That I, I think that's worth some reading into, not a ton of reading into, not too much, but maybe a little bit of reading into. Uh, so my main like, thing yeah, with that real quick is ahead, I please. think the owner looks at the roster and says, I want to be in the Super Bowl next year. Like, I don't like, yeah. yeah, that's great. I love sustained success, but this roster we have right now is ready to compete right now. And I'm not ready. I don't want to groom a Gerard Johnson the first time. Like I want someone who's done it, who can do it right now and get us back to where we're supposed to be next year. I think, uh, I think that's really a big, uh, a big, big part of this. So that, yeah, sorry, that, yeah. that was just my read, my read on it. I, and I'm with you on that one. I agree with that. I think the higher ceiling gamble, I think the big roll of the dice would have been bringing in coordinators who didn't have as much calling experience, or younger coordinators and like, oh, let's handle something big and let's go. 
But I think that because they really feel like the roster gives them a competitive advantage, they went for high floor guys. You know, Kellen Moore's a good OC. You know, Vic Fangio's a good DC. Let's plug it and chug it. And so I think, yeah, they they intend to be quite competitive next year. And I think they will be quite competitive next year. Some personnel changes need to be made. Got to see what happened. Kelsey off the line lane and kind of, you know, who stays around or whatever. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're gearing up to go and good for content. Here's the other thing about that too. Okay. So remember when they handed Chip Kelly the keys and we're like, uh, like I've had conversations with Jeffrey uh, Lurie about this flex where he was like, I didn't know what, if, if Chip Kelly was a special coach or not. And I thought that was really the only way to find out. Like, I don't, I don't want to give up on this guy right now. Like I'm going to hand him the keys. And if he, maybe he puts something together where he's like a great coach for me for the next 10 years, even if he's not my best friend like that, I want to win. That's what I'm going to do with this. So this is like pressure Sirian. I mean, this is, this is, Hey Nick, we just got you who met the guy many believe to be the best defensive coordinator in the NFL. Uh, we just got you an offensive coordinator who on his resume has two times where he's built a top five offense with the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to give you a roster specifically on offense that is better health. Obviously it's a big question, but the Eagles offensive talent is better than the offensive talent on those Cowboys teams that finished in the top five in DVOA. So they're saying, all right, we're setting, this is all set up for you. Um, if Jeffrey Lurie thought about, Hey, I might want to fire. Nick Sirianni this offseason. Okay, maybe I should give him another year. Now he's in a position like if they're don't make the playoffs, if they're out in the wild card round, if the regular season isn't that impressive, they're going to look at this next year and be like, all right, we gave him all the tools. He still couldn't do it. Time to make a change right now. So that's the other thing. If, you know, if I'm Sirianni, I'm like, all right, I, I, you know, you, you don't need to, you can't completely ignore that because I think that's a factor here uh, as well, so the, the Sirianni stuff is very interesting. I mean, how do players look at this? I mean, they're going to have that same question Tim McMahon has had. What exactly are you doing? Okay, you're the CEO type head coach that's worked around the NFL that can work, but are you that guy? You're not grooming young coaches. Are you good with game management? Does the culture, does the messaging, does the leadership, is that good with you? Is that not good with you? Um, so that's something to keep an eye on here for sure. Uh, we'll talk a lot about the personnel stuff. Uh, absolutely. I think this offense with the talent and with more, I mean, this should be a top 10 offense with upside. It should, it really could be a top five offense with, um, the personnel you have there. And that's like, even if mm -hmm. Jason Kelsey leaves, obviously if he's there, uh, that would be better. But even if he leaves, I think you have enough there to be a top five offense. One other little wrinkle here, by the way, they did interview Kellen Moore for the head coaching job, uh, in 2021. And Vic Fangio has yep. been a head coach before. I don't know. If, uh, maybe Sirianni say, "Hey, they picked me over Kellen Moore. I shouldn't, you know, worry about yeah. this." But that's, by the way, I would worry about reason. this. I yeah. would worry about this. That's one of my coaching rules: cast a wide net. Like they had a whole interview process with Kellen Moore. Now, uh, you know, two, three years later, they need an offensive coordinator. It's like, oh, we kind of liked what we heard from Kellen Moore when we did that big interview with him a few years ago. Maybe we should look at him. So um, this isn't about long-term fix. Vic Fangio is an older DC. Maybe he sticks around forever. Uh, Kellen Moore, if they go to the Super Bowl next year, Kellen Moore is probably a head coach, uh, next off season, but like, who cares? We talked about it. You, the offensive coordinator switch, um, all the time. And so this is about bringing someone in to maximize your talent in 2024. All right. Any final words uh, before we watch these games? I'm so excited to continue to reference the McManus question. You did it there just like naturally. <laughs> like that's a hundred percent going to stay a thing on this podcast for the off season for the next season. And it, and it comes back to the McManus, McManus question. 
what do you do here, Nick? <laughs> you were asking it right after the game. I remember it was a good, you were like, what exactly? Yeah. No, what, it's what, not the Solak question. It's the McManus yeah, question. Because right. if I were sat in that room, I would have had zipped lips, brother. I hate Tim. <laughs> Tim's going for it. That was outstanding. All right. Uh, thank you to Benjamin Solak. Thank you, Ace Producer. Cliff Augustine, a little tease for this week. We did a, a, a podcast with Sean Syed, deep dive on Vic Fangio's defense. We're going to put it out Monday morning. Then we had you. So now we'll save that. You'll get that. We'll talk to Cliff uh, Tuesday or Wednesday morning, and then we'll see what else happens this week. All right, everybody have a great week. We'll talk to you soon on the Ringers Philly special. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.